and it's Nico Staub. Yes, sir. Awesome, man. I'm like a name expert. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Nico Staub, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Glenn. Absolutely. And uh, I forgot to do my my famous three second countdown, but uh, I don't think we need it. It seems like uh, <laughs> seems like it's just more of a chill show. So, sound editor, supervising sound sound editor uh producer sound guy <laughs> but but super, supervising sound editor and and and, and uh, editor, yeah. anything else on 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 that sort of uh in the in the realm of sound uh supervising sound editor location sound mixer uh, sound mixer mixer lover you know M mixer is what i was looking for yeah i did i did a shitload of sound yeah one year, one year, I was like the 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 location sound mixer, sound editor, sound designer for. Uh, long story short, when uh, like the last year at film school for me was, uh, it's like your thesis year, kind of. It's like all your fine, like your final year to make like a, a major film pro project, and and for lack of a better, it's like the thesis film for Towson University anyway, in Maryland. Uh -huh. And uh, one of my one of my scripts got shot down, and, and our crew didn't want to do that. And I'm like, I'm over. I guess I was an overachiever at the time. So I was the sound. So I was the sound mix, like the location sound mixer and sound designer, however you want to call it, for all of them of that class of that semester. I did like five shorts. I was just like every week I was on a different set. I was just like. <laughs> There, there's there's always a sound mixer shortage too <laughs> yeah and and i was really good at it i think the, i think the i think the semester before that i did like three different sound things so i was so mm -hmm. technically so technically versed in sound that 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 next semester i did all that so i know sound man i'm like I do a lot of, <laughs> I, even like on my passion projects i'm the one that's you've, like eh. you've lived the dream you've lived yeah. the nightmare <laughs> <laughs> i've lived the nightmare yeah man so Nico, sound editor, sound designer, sound mixer. Uh, yes, tell tell yeah. me a little bit more. Tell me a little bit more about you, about what you do, what you've been up to. For sure. So on one hand, you know, I'm a freelance sound mixer. You know, I go like you know, I'll go on sets. You know, take my bag. You know, I either take a bag or a cart setup. I usually have a high. I have a hybrid setup, so it's a it's a cart with a bag that just unlatches, prop it on my shoulder, ready to go, yeah. you know? And if I, in case I have, okay, sit down interviews, you know, or I have a boom operator, then I can put the bag down, sit down, you know, have a boom operator or a C-stand. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so that's on, that's on one side of what I do. Um, and then the other, the other side of what I do is I do post-production sound mixing, right? Whereas uh, supervising sound editor comes, comes in. Uh, I've been doing that for about 13 years. I opened, uh, I started my own, my own company 10 years ago, Celeste Audio. Yeah. Um, uh, just a few years ago, I turned it into an incorporated one, I turned it into an S corp, you know, so I'm taking just, you know, just when I started doing the big steps along came, uh, you know, sit, global situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, um, but yeah, so it's, that's, that's the other thing I do. Right. So right now we're talking, I'm at my home studio, you know, yeah. adapting and improvising and, you know, it's, it's uh, about to, be, you know, how, how to build a studio in one month. This, this is, this is what you do. <laughs> yep. There it is. Paint, all the, all the paint some walls, walls, build yep. some panels, you know, and uh, pick some colors on Etsy and, uh, you know, there we go. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah so those are the main things I do for a while I did a I'm also a musician my background my origins with sound I don't think I would have had you know I think my origins from sound stemmed from music so I originated with as a musician started playing music started learning engineering you know I started getting to music production and for music production you know I went to I went to school also you know for it one of my teachers was like when after I graduated um he's like I run into him in the hallway. I was like, you speak Spanish? Oh, por supuesto. And he's like, where are you from? Argentina. No shit. And he's like, are you friends with that other Argentinian kid? Yeah. Like, right on. Well, you should know, by the way, like, I really enjoyed having you in my class. You know, at this point, we're speaking full on Spanish. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you should know. I just really liked having you in my, in my class. You, you always ask really good questions. You always engaged really well, you know, and you even, even your questions even challenged me as your teacher and everything. And I really like your approach to everything. I never thought about doing sound for film. 20 year old self me, right? Just moved to LA, just moved to America, you know? And uh, he's like, have you ever thought about doing sound for film? I'm like, of course, my whole life. Bullshit, I'd never thought of it. I'd like, I'd never, <laughs> I'd, 20 years of my life, three years into doing sound, you know, as a, as, you know, a pseudo recreational and academic thing never even dawned to me that there is a whole category of people that do sound in film oh yeah yeah <laughs> you know it was like oh of course yeah someone someone records all that stuff um so i'm like yeah of course and he's like great i got this project and it's a friend's it's a friend's thesis film ucla he's doing the um, he was doing uh i think uh, one of the producing or directing programs they have there it's like a six-month extension mm -hmm. uh ucla extension and he told me he's like hey you want to come do this you're not really gonna the pay will be symbolic but uh you'll learn on the job yeah like well what else am i gonna do let's do this you know so we turn out turns out we end up driving down to mexicali <laughs> and like the border between Mexicali and Calexico, right? Those border towns. Mm -hmm. And we get there like around five o'clock in the afternoon. We get to the, um, the director's house. Um, and the, my teacher, or at the time already my, uh, I don't know. Well, I guess he's still my teacher, even after graduation at that like point. A, like a mentor, right? <laughs> a mentor, yeah. Good, yeah, yeah, good, yeah. good way to put it. Yeah, thank you. Um, he, you know, we get out and he brings out like four rolling Pelican cases and he's like, all right, here's the gear. Um, I'm going to go talk to the director for like an hour. We go to, we go to, we go to location about an hour, hour and a half. Here's the gear. Learn it. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Open up all the Pelican cases. You know, I'm like, oh my God, this looks this looks nothing like what I'm used to. Nothing here resembles a console. Nothing here resembles a microphones that I know. Okay. <laughs> you know, okay, let's start with what do I know? Cables. Okay, good. I don't know half of these other cables. Great. <laughs> this thing has a screen on it. It has a record button. Okay, this thing probably records. Good. These things have XLR connectors. Good. Microphones. Perfect. Cables, connect. Excellent. Recorder, there is a menu. Okay. Excellent. Signal, it works. 
all right, I think I got something here. <laughs> you know, I didn't even touch the the radio mics, you know, the, the transmitters and receivers at that point. Guy comes out, he's like, all right, let's go to location. We go to location, you know, we get there at 7 p.m. So <laughs> first day of first day of a shoot ever is a night shoot. <laughs> Great intro. Uh, guy's like, all right, you already know how to record. You've taken my class, you know, you've gone to recording school. Look at the, I'm gonna, so I'm gonna be the boom operator first. You'll be the mixer. We'll reverse the roles. You know, usually entry level is a boom operator and then you become a mixer. Since you already know how to record and you know, you know what you're kind of doing, go into the recorder, I'll boom operate, look at what I'm doing, you know, make sure we don't go too, too deep into the red. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this like, is all right. Mess. <laughs> just don't just don't peek just don't peek <laughs> don't peek man <laughs> and, it, and he's like he tells you like the first lesson like the first 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 lesson learned was like dude yep. you'd rather want to be a little too low than a little too hot you know and i'm like all right perfect so you know and he does it and you know and he's doing the boom operating i'm doing it checking it we reverse roles you know um you know and then i go into be boom operating and he's mixing you know and I'm making all sorts of mistakes. I'm booming way too high, you know, getting into the shot. It's my first time, you know, mm -hmm. doing all sorts of things. But, you know, okay, by 4 a.m., I got it. I kind of got it locked down. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We wrap around five and he's like, so how'd you feel? I'm like, you know, it's not too bad. You know, it's like, cool. You know, it's like, you think you think you can handle like six, seven days of shooting like this? I'm like, I think I can do so. I think we can do this. He's like, cool. I got to go set up Jamie Foxx's studio for the next week. I'll see you next Friday. See you later. <laughs> and, God damn. Yeah. And just leaves me basically with a, well, a whole unknown crew for, for a good seven, eight days. And did you and have to mix and boom? Mix and boom. God, man. And it was great. I learned a lot. Um, uh, my, my first shoot, my first day of shooting solo was like 120 degrees out in the desert. And that, that was nice. <laughs> it yeah. was a learning experience. Um, but yeah, and we did it. The guy came back, you know, the last day of shooting, we, we worked together the last day Had a, had the rap party. My nice, nice couple of laughs, couple of giggles, a couple of weeks later hits me up again. And he's like, Hey, um, are you interested in, uh, have you ever been interested in doing post-production sound? I'm like, sure. Yeah, what's going on? He's like, he's like, I'm like, sure. And he's like, all right, great. Come fix all the mistakes you made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there you go. How, and that's when I learned how to do ADR. <laughs> I learned how to do Foley. I learned yep. how to do all this stuff was by fixing all the, by fixing my first film I worked on. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't, you know, count how many times, like for some reason I didn't hear a lawnmower or a freaking helicopter or something. And then it's just like, you know, I thought everything was good. No retakes. No, we're good. Uh, I'm good to move on. I'm good to move on and blah, 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 blah. And then you start listening to it and you're like, what the shit is this? All right, how do I fix it? And then that's when you like, you start Googling, like how do you get rid of lawnmower, which is on top of audio uh, dialogue. On top of the dialogue and keep, it's competing. It's like, keep, <laughs> keep dialogue and like, get rid of this lawnmower oh there's this filter there's that filter and like uh -huh. started winging it man it was nightmarish man yeah oh my god yeah and that's you know it's um it's a thing right because like it's 
especially when you're when you're st when you're first breaking into audio you know it's it's so it's a little hard uh or not, not hard but it's almost um it doesn't seem there's there's a there's a switch that you flip at one point where it's just like you know lawnmowers traffic all these things are part of our reality they're part of things that are they're so normal to us that we don't mm -hmm. you know we don't we don't take them to consideration it's like oh we don't think like Oh, that was a car that just passed. Oh, that was another car that just passed. Oh, that was a plane just flew by. And it's like we don't we don't make these notices. These are notices. Birds these are tripping. so normal to us. Yeah. Birds tripping that we don't we don't stop to think about them. You know, and when you're on set and you're recording, you know, it's easy to be like, oh, whatever, just a little bird in the background. But then you're in post production. It's like, dude, what are all these birds doing to my dialogue? Yeah. What are what are all these cars doing to all this thing? None of this works. You know, because by the time you cut to another scene, you know, or you go into something else. All of a sudden, there's these contrasts of your background sound, you know, and so it's it, it's it's crazy how uh, nature becomes unnatural. <laughs> yep. You know, and it's yep. and it, the funniest thing is that you know having worked on both sides, right? On location sound, post production sound, it's on location sound. Your job is to like record clear dialogue as clear as possible. And then you get to post-production sound. It's like, okay, now you got that clear dialogue and you got to embellish it as much as possible. Yeah. Right. And you look at all these movies, you know, and are any, yeah, movies, shows, you see all these, all these scenes, people are talking, but really what the only thing they actually recorded was the dialogue, all the light city hum, you know, the traffic sounds and the birds and little things are going on. The, that bark, that, that dog that barked twice, you know, <laughs> that everything was added. That was added, yeah. And everything was added. Only the dialogue was captured on set, assuming they ca they were able to capture it okay and they didn't have to ADR it. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it was definitely like a, a great couple of years that I was in sound and, and, some, and somehow I went from sound to ADing and and then I, I started getting more into into that, but it's always been always like all the little logistics as far as sound and location and mm -hmm. lighting for the for the DP because I've shot a whole bunch of stuff too and yeah and you know you, you, you there's a whole bunch of projects you just find yourself writing producing directing shooting and and recording <laughs> and, and sound and editing and and ADRing and, and, and yeah. sound affecting yourself. So then you then when you get like to a bigger thing with way more hands and way more departments and more professional, you know, bigger scale things, then it's like you at least you have that in your mind. Like you've done that. You you were like, you know, working on those ultra low budge and kind of made it reasonable that now that you, you always have those, all those logistics in your head. And it's like mm -hmm. prep. Yeah. Prep, I'm prep, sure. prep, prep. Like how dirty do you want, you know, director, producer, how dirty do you want your shots and your, and, and how dirty do you want your audio? Yeah. Do you want this super, super clean or are we going to ADR or do you want the on location dialogue super clean to build it? Or if it's dirty, are you going to have the environment that we're shooting in? Are you going to have that in the scene in post, yeah. you know, so that, say we do get you know like a car revving over someone's dialogue mm -hmm. we can just build upon that in post so it doesn't stand out it's natural or you know True. little, little kind of like it's all the little things like that to kind of build on or 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 focus on avoiding you know yeah this is true i guess i guess um you know there's there's always 
it always seems like you know a lot of these things productions are like you know uh 20 shooting 80 percent troubleshooting <laughs> and yep. you know it's um i remember like you know one of the one of my first shoots it was like you know we were at a low noisy location you know and i remember like like is there, they were they were telling me they're asking me like is there anything we can do about the sound I'm like I don't know do you want to tell all these people to stop driving yeah you know and you don't have permits to do right. all this stuff you don't have you know it's not like you it's not like you it's not like you're working on a million dollar budget feature you know multi million multi million multi million dollar feature you know where you can just be like okay cool but like we have the permits we have the police enforcement or you know people to like guide traffic or whatever throughout the scenes or you know you don't, you don't even have pas to stop pedestrians <laughs> and so it's like they're like and they're like, the way their work around with was it was like cool we'll just you know shoot let's let, let's shoot an exterior let's capture traffic let's capture a couple of these things we'll do inserts of that and that will justify the noisy set i'm like hey hey actually that that's that's a pretty reasonable <laughs> yeah you have to like you, you have to you have to embrace the environment that yeah. you're shooting in and make that the environment that the film and the story takes place i agree and that and that alleviates so many issues of like you know you can't tell you can't tell some guy you know down the next block to stop mowing his lawn i mean I, unless you're gonna go hey if you're gonna go throw 200 bucks to this guy hey here's 200 bucks mow your lawn tomorrow yeah, okay. exactly. I'll, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll 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 leave my lawn half mowed for two hundred bucks, and I'll mow it tomorrow. You, yeah, I can. You're you're good with you're good with me if I mow it tomorrow. We won't be here tomorrow. Okay. Oh, yeah. but then you got delayed shooting. You had to you got to shoot again. Oh, go give the guy another two hundred bucks. Go get the guy another two hundred bucks. Will you will you leave your lawn mowed half mowed again for another two hundred? Yeah. But you know, a lot of productions okay. might not have that. So are you going to embrace that? Maybe I, I, go, I, I gotta go. I gotta go into the lawn mowing business. You know, gotta follow follow productions <laughs> around follow productions and mow like, lawns. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, start mowing lawns. <laughs> it's like a little, a little scam hustle on the side, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, uh, how would you say you've been impacted? You know, recently, oh. the last six months, and you mentioned you mentioned you just started your S corp, your LLC, and your S corp, and then yeah. So. yeah. so it's you know. It's been interesting. It hasn't been boring. I'll tell you that much. Um, and I'll tell you some more. <laughs> but uh, so let's rewind to like, okay, rewind a little bit. I get my S Corp, you know, it's like things are picking up for me. I, I lived, I, I lived in Germany for about a year and a half. I call it my, my, my lost weekend in Germany. <laughs> I went there for, for about a year, year and a half almost. Um, and I had my business here. I had Celeste Audio going on and I was always working, you know, I, main, I mainly worked in commercial corporate media, some documentaries, stuff like that. I always sh tend to shy away from um, narrative as in like feature work uh, or mm -hmm. TV media kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, uh, more like uh, shows, right? Um, scripted shows. Uh, and so, Turns out, well, long story short, I moved to Germany. I leave my studio. I leave my business here, you know, kind of thing. I come back a year and a half later, rebuilding, you know, and as this is happening, I start getting some some big corporate clients, you know, and doing some, you know, where 
actually i was about to give you an example and i shouldn't <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i just remember that i just remember the moment i signed that nda nda <laughs> yes, that nda yeah that's fine but uh but it was like oh these are some some pretty heavy emails that are going on right now you know and you know we're having some serious conferences right now with some time zones you know and some big responsibilities you know being thrown out like okay let's go incorporate it you know i get an escort protect myself you know basically just you know okay cool if you're if something happens you know like the typical escort movie okay cool something happens come after my business assets not my personal assets mm -hmm. you know that kind of protection and then and, and obviously all the tax incentives you know and all this stuff you know we're a highly taxed state so i like to, so I, you know everything is a write-off um so that happened you know and the business starts picking up it goes really well with all these court with this with a couple of corporate clients good uh, good accounts everything covid hits all productions handbrake halt everyone's rethinking you know how they're going to shoot how they're going to produce you know production is like about to going to have to reinvent itself you mm -hmm. know it's like yeah. cool we got to reinvent the wheel now because no one should be within six feet of each other you know we have all these restrictions whether you agree with them or you don't agree with them they are there you know and and now first of all when there was no restrictions the only restriction was like okay cool don't don't do shit that's the main restriction you know the first month you know everyone's like panicking like we we're thinking that just because we're in the same room together this is going to create the apocalypse you know and there's a lot of ignorance around the subject no one knows what to do you know and uncertainties and all this and that so fast forward a little bit there is no work work you know but all of a sudden all the creative types start are like even myself included we're like hey i'm a creative type i have back burner projects let's bring those back so when you add back burner project plus unemployment money equals jobs small jobs very small paid, but their jobs, their work, their mm -hmm. people's blood, sweat, and tears. You know, these these are, you know, people that have, you know, really that made a short film or made a record. You know, music. I also mix music. You know, and I, I get into that world. So I got a lot of that. That it made some interesting turns for me because now I got a lot of people doing. This time I did get to work on some short films. I did do that, and I this time I got to work on a lot of music. You know, and people were like, hey, I've got this record, you know, I got this EP, I got these singles, songs, whatever, you know, and I, you know, I want to really want to take them to the next level. I hear you're the guy. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. You know, and, and there were, I don't know, there was a, there was, there was more compensation to than to it than just the money. Mm -hmm. I found. Yeah. And it, it, I guess the way it's, the way it impacted me was, a on one hand the um i think they're all tied when i'm about to tell you but i think the what the way it impacted me is like okay one hand is the the turns right that i've done not necessarily turns but just like other doors that i've opened you know within within what i do you know yes i've always have lived uh, mixed music i always have mixed you know for shorts and stuff but it's like all right so it did take a turn and 
and things that I don't usually do, which also happens by A, being receptive to take those turns, right? Or being open to take those turns. A lot of people are like, no, I don't do this. I don't do that. You know, and it's like, all right, that's everyone's call. But in my case, you know, I was like, you know what? When I see someone who's passionate about their project, mm -hmm. who really believes in what they're doing and is a good leader in their own project, that to me, which the leader part to me is very important, right? Uh, and that to me gives me something to believe in, yeah. right? And where the compensation goes beyond the money. There is a, there's, a, there's a monetary compensation, but there's also a soul compensation in a way, right? And whereas like, okay, the, the fruit of our hard work is rewarding. And, <clears throat> and with that a little bit, you know, I think that element really aided in how I've been feeling through this whole quarantine because a lot of this has been, I feel like a lot of the quarantine has been centered around people's feelings, right? Because like, okay, how do we, we're going to be by ourselves for so long. We, you know, how do we, sorry, I'm going to turn on the AC here. Um, we're going to be by ourselves. Like, how do we, how do we handle ourselves, you know, in moments of stress and moments of uncertainty, you know, and moments where we, you know, where we don't know what's going to happen in a week or in two weeks, you know, a week into this thing, we thought that maybe, oh my God, anyone can die at any point, right. you know, it's like catastrophe. And, you know, so, well, creativity, art, you know, all these things and, and, and expression is, is what's going to keep us, I think, or part of what's going to keep us mentally sane, you know, and combine that with one of the many manifestations of, in a way of love, right? And mm -hmm. love for the craft, right? And love for, love for our neighbor who's also doing something really creative that we believe in and everything we want to be part of, right? Um, and a little bit of a creative outlet with a little bit of love, you know, makes up for a lot of, a lot of things going on here. Yeah. And I feel like that has been, it's funny, like that's how one of the parts that it's impacted me the most, the business has impacted, the business turns as always, has also forced me to be like, hey, take a chill pill. You know, not, not, not everything has to be about the business all the time. And you don't have to focus on making, you know, getting the big clients all the time, you know, and it's okay to take, you know, take the, take the hit uh, on the job you know, if it means you're doing something soul nourishing. Right. And since then, since this whole thing started, I've always made it a point to like always, no matter how buried I am in work on something that is, you know, corporate or, you know, working for the suit or whatever it is, mm -hmm. always have soul nourishing projects that I, that I, that I will even say like, no, don't pay me. Like, I want to do this. I'll deliver, you know, we'll get, we'll work on a schedule. It's okay. But like the importance of having a creative outlet for me, at least, you know, or something that I can be passionate about within the whole stale environment of corporate media. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, and it keeps me alive in a way. So that's working on music stuff, working on people's short films, working on my own music even, you know? And so it's been 
I guess that's one way it impacted me. Uh, the corporate stuff, commercial world, that is still pretty dead. I've, I mean, at least as far as location goes, <laughs> right. you know, I've been to one shoot in the last six months, wow. one shoot. It was at the, it was at a museum and they were, we were shooting content for their reopening and then things got shut down again. Mm-hmm. And, and then as far as, you know, the corporate post-production stuff, I guess not many people are generating the content you know, because they can't shoot the ones that are every now and then I'm getting some things, but all of it is seems, seems to be CGI VFX, you know, none of it has seems to, I just got my first like actor piece, you know, where there's, where there's talent on set, you mm-hmm. know, and someone, someone actually shot some content and it was a, it was a really cool, really cool piece for a, for a camera company that was promoting their new lenses, you know, and it just, it just, it was neat. It felt good to like, oh, look, there's there's actors in front of my screen now. Yeah, that, man. That that feels nice. It feels good to like come back to that. Hey, I can do foley now, you know, and <laughs> working on action scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so you were so you had been back on set that one time at that museum. Yes, the one time at the museum yeah. about two and a half months ago. Okay. When they, te- when they teased the reopening. And uh yeah, and that that was about it since then. I've gotten a few calls, but there's there's obviously there's some production starting to come back up. I got a call the other day to go work on a production, but you know it was one of those moments where I'm like, okay, I have to value my time on this one. I can't just say yes to this one. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, a feature film during pandemic, an ultra low budget feature film during the pandemic, just uh, something didn't click. Yeah. Um, you know and I guess this is where you know going back to like taking creative projects and taking passion projects every now and then you know it's like the one thing about what I think a few people that don't do sound that don't what they don't realize about sound in the film business is that it's it's one of the few positions on the set that is not creative at all not technical and not sorry it's not creative at all purely technical and it's not one of those things that just you know having a real makes justice to because it's not a for example a lot of there's a lot of incentives right for directors photography directors you know uh, producers People that be like, hey, work on my reel, you know, work on my thing. I'll work on your thing. We'll put it in each other's reel. It'd be great. And we'll do this and this and that, you know. And it's like, oh, this looks great. This is gonna look sick on our, all of our reels. It doesn't work that way with sound because, well, a, we don't have any visual piece, any visual stake in it. Sonically, it's gonna change as soon as it gets to post production. Mm-hmm your job the job of the sound engineer you know on the set is 95 percent technical and then the other five percent is creative ways of being technical (laughs) right (laughs) you know and so it's a lot of work it's a lot of brain power and it's a lot of uh physical and mental exhaustion after after 10, 12, 14 hour days to not have a creative reward come back. 
Yeah. Well, so I feel like that's something that people sometimes don't see so much and why it's so hard for, that's why it's so hard for sound guys to take the hit when it comes to working on set, unless it's their friend or personal flavor or, you know, yeah. returning like, you know, when a client has called you like 10 times, well, get a lot of time, I'll cut you a deal. Yeah. Of course. You, you draw a lot of soil here. So yeah, of course, you know, you scratch my back and up, I'll scratch yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'd have to agree. I mean, I was able to piece together, you know, from that, from that one semester when I did like five, six different, you know, sound gigs in just one semester, I was able to piece together a reel, but you're right. It's really more the scenes, the visual scenes. Of course, mm -hmm. it's got the audio in it. And so you're labeling it sound real and then people people are listening to it and, and and i guess most people just see like i don't hear anything special and and it's like that's the point that's the that's point. why you're paying me so much money yeah but yeah but it just it looks like a good film but how is this a sound reel it's like that's the point it's <laughs> It's, it, it sounds Doesn't great. It sound great. You, you, you don't realize that. I guess you're, so I guess you're right because as I was trying to push myself as a sound guy, yeah. I had a, I guess I had a cinematography reel that I didn't shoot, right? So it's like, <laughs> yeah, but, oh, but, but I don't hear any crazy stuff. I'm like, yeah, that, that's, that's the point. That's the that's, point. It's, it's so I guess you're right. I guess you're right. And, but, um, Maybe sound mixing. Listen, I mean, at least there's Oscars for what you do. Yeah. So, I, I, so, yeah. so when you're saying like there's no incentives or something like that, there is, there is that. So. There, there, there's what is it? There's sound editing and sound design. I think are two yes. different Oscars. And I think I think they just clumped a few of the post production sound design stuff, like sound. Like I think they, I think they, they clumped a bunch of categories together last year or starting this year. Uh, is there only one sound Oscar now? <sighs> I uh, don't quote me on it, <laughs> you know, but there, I think there's there. I think there's like a, like two, I think. Um, I think. I think there's two because I remember yeah. Mad. So this was obviously this was, I think, four years ago. But Mad Max Fury Road took all the technical Oscars, all of them. And it was two sound Oscars. That's what I remember. That's what still stands out now. So in the last year or two, they might have yeah. taken they might have they might have mixed those two into one. But I yeah. remember it was sound editing, sound mixing. Mm. No, sound editing and sound design. I think mixing yeah. is essentially editing. Yeah. So sound editing and then sound design. It got it got this. It got the CGI. Yeah. I think it got the cinematography. It got I what it did. It, it got nominated for just about every category, and I think it won half of them. But I think it, it won most of most of the technical stuff, like the sound yeah. and the and the CGI. Oh and yeah. Then, it make it would, it would make sense i didn't, I didn't watch is. the oscars that time i usually don't don't i have a i don't watch the oscars it's a i uh, watched that time because mad yeah. max was nominated for everything and i've been a fan of that original trilogy i've been a fan of that original trilogy i've been a fan of and 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 and, and fury road just blew Oh, it was in my awesome. opinion, it blew everything out of the park. It, it was it, it made me really kept this the spirit of the crescending curve of Mad Max insanity. Yeah. You know, it's like the first one. It's like, oh, it's got that late seventies feel. You know, and it's kind of okay. It's like uh, it's like a reality shock. You know, like oh, this could yeah. happen. And then like the second one just gets a little more like, oh, this gets plot thickens. You know, then it's then the third one. It's the freaking eighties, and we got Tina Turner and saxophone 80s solos, post apocalypse. Eighties, you know, yes, yeah. 
saxophone solos. You got it all. You know? Yeah. Children. <laughs> you know, and then they brought Fury Road. It was like, oh! Yeah. <laughs> the curve just keeps getting. <laughs> and Fury Road was just like, you know, like this high diesel, you know, steroid fueled, you know, yeah. war boys. I mean, yeah. I mean, Fury Road was essentially like a remake of, I want to say, all three of them just jam packed into one. Yeah. Start to with the hopes of starting a new trilogy. And now I, I don't know who knows where the hell they're at with it now, but um, you know, I, a new trilogy would be all right. I'd probably see it. Uh, um, I'd be happy. I, I'd also be a happy camper if they just left it where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you it's know? a perfect film standing alone. Yeah. yeah. Did you but, get to see Bill and Ted 3? No, but pretty good. <laughs> it's definitely it's definitely high up on my list i think that's on demand so i might have to i think i gotta buy it on prime or something but yeah. it's on my queue on prime but then i look at prices and i'm like oh let me wait let me hold off i've, I've got so much other crap to watch and catch up on speaking of well speaking of which what what have you, what have you been watching binge watching using it as an escape using you know to like study from or even reading if you've been reading anything okay um, good question. Um, you know, I've, I have a, I have a neighbor who's a sci-fi writer, um, and a good friend of mine too. And my whole life, you know, I, I grew up with, I have older brothers as a kid, they got me into star Wars. I was like, Oh, star Wars. And my whole life being a star Wars kid, ah! you know, and star Trek. No, no. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and this guy's like, uh, you know, we, after we become pretty good friends, and he's like, Nico, he's like, I think you really like Star Trek. I think you really think you should give it a shot. And I'm like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And I'll start with the original series. And I started with the original series. Started, I watched the pilot, like, neat. Watched the second, watched the first episode. I'm like, ooh, all right. It's kind of slow. But I like slow, you know. I'm I'm a big spaghetti western fan, you know, yeah. and I, you know, and so I'm like, all right, this is slow, but it's good. It's philosophical, you know. Some good debates, you know. I'm keeping in mind it's the '60s, you know. I'm like, oh, they're they're talking about some, they're breaking some boundaries. They're talking about some serious stuff right now. Oh, plot thickens. All right, season two. Oh, okay. Season three. Ooh, <laughs> like, you know. And then I was like. Well, let's give uh, everyone always raves about the next generation. The next generation. Let's go next generation. Seven, seven seasons later, I'm like, wow. Next generation. Oh, what do I do now? Guess I'll go into Deep Space Nine. <laughs> yeah. So I binged, I binged like all of that Star Trek. The entire Star Trek franchise. They, uh, until um, yeah, until Deep Space Nine. I, I kind of put a, I put an end at it uh, after Deep Space Nine. Yeah. You know and. Everyone tells me I, I, I did a good, I, I, it was a good choice. <laughs> yeah. And you start, you know, Star Trek's unique. Star Trek is so unique in, 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 in its own way. But, you know, like as a kid, I was never really into the original series. And then, but then when Next Generation came out, my dad really got me into that. And we watched that, you know, like just about every night. Maybe there was yeah. nights I couldn't watch, but like I was into this, I was into Picard. Uh, next gen, uh, yeah. next the next gen, uh, well, the next generation anyway. Really into that, and then you know some of the movies came out, and somehow like way after generation, next generation, I I watched 
Star Trek, the motion picture, which was the first movie off of the original uh, series. The original, yeah, the original series. cast. Yeah. And that freaking movie blew me away. I mean, as old as it was and as late as I was finally getting around to watching it, the effects yeah. still, the, the effects still oh, stood up. Magnificent. And, you know, spoiler alert, you've seen, you, so you've seen the motion picture, right? Yes. Star Trek, so the motion I, so picture. I've been, yes, I'm all, uh, yes, I've seen one, two, three, and four. The movies. <laughs> yes. And so V'ger, like they went through all of that to find out that it was one of the Voyager satellites. And it was, I was just like, wow. Oh, like, like this yeah. thing just, this, this thing just went around collecting data and building its own universe off of the data it collected. Yeah. Spock kind of like let himself get absorbed in it. And like, he, no, he mind melded with this whole universe. And it was just, it just blew me away. I knew about the mind meld, you know, like everybody kind of yeah. like, like, you you might never ever know what Star Wars have seen Star Wars, but you know what a Jedi is, you know what a lightsaber is, and you know what the Force, and you know like using yeah. the Force, and and so I, I always knew what a mind meld was. And the next generation really like broke boundaries on having a smart sci-fi show, probably smarter yeah. than the original, because I just couldn't get it. <clears throat> I just couldn't get into the original. It, was, it always just seemed campy '60s, almost like the Batman '60s show. You know, just like kind of like a campy sci-fi show. That's mm -hmm. what, it, what that's what it appeared to me to be like. So I really didn't get into it. But Next yeah. Generation just stood out like it was like this. And then all the movies, you know, for the most part, I mean, Undiscovered Country. You know, yeah. I think I think Undiscovered Country was the one about releasing your demons it was spock's brother i think that wanted to know your pain he wanted to take people's pain away ah, i haven't seen that one yet <laughs> so I, I think it's called undiscovered country and i think it's supposed to be spock's brother yeah kind of leads this cult and two great moments abs two absolute great moments in this film I, I won't spoil too much but one of them was i can give i i can give some away but like it was like this space cult and he wanted to like take people's pain away through a mind meld mm -hmm. and Kirk and Kirk was like no I need my pain and that was like the moral of the story like you need your pain if you take my pain away I'll make the same mistakes again mm -hmm. I won't learn I won't adapt and overcome and adjust and just like yeah. us during this quarantine it's like we need go ahead it's true. I mean, just to add to that point, you know, it's like, you know, sometimes we need the pain so we can know what joy feels like. Exactly. That too. You know, it's, we, we understand concepts by, by, by relating to their, to their, to their counter in a way, right. To their opposite. You know, we, we understand, we have a deeper understanding of what life means because we understand what it is to be dead. It is the opposite of dead. You know, we understand, you know, what cold and hot means because we see, we understand their opposites. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it works the same way with our feelings, you know, and our sensations too. It's. Yeah. I mean, it, it's one thing to like, you know, uh, reflect on the pain and kind of like find a way to ease us from it. But we always have to know what that is to learn, to adapt, to, to enjoy, like you said, to enjoy. Mm -hmm pleasure and to enjoy and 
to enjoy life, we have to know what that pain is. That was the huge moral of the film. That blew me away. There's a, and there's another great moment, and I won't spoil it because you have yet to watch it. And uh, if you're yeah, if you're a Star Trek fan, that's got to be the next. Star I am Trek now. <laughs> Un- Undiscovered Country should be the next movie you watch. But it, it definitely see for me like Star Trek motion picture was great, and yeah. then and but but Wrath of Khan was only great to those who knew who knew the original Khan. series and knew yeah. who Khan was because then that's the huge plot twist of who Khan is yeah. and how he had such an vendetta and then and then it was uh oh what was the genesis project was like Khan yeah, when, they, when, they, when, they, when they just dropped him off on that planet and, yeah, yeah. And, and so like part three four and five was i guess surrounding the genesis project and then I, well or, or maybe yeah five was kind of Five was of the whales, right? That's uh, that's my next one. So, <laughs> so I left off at four. I think. Uh, so I think I think six. There was, is, like, there, there was like the death of the, the, the return of Spock or something. <laughs> it was four. Return of yeah. Spock was four, yeah. and then and then I think five. So I forget the numbers. Five and six. One's with the whales, and one is with Spock's brother and the cult, and and like this, you know, the space, you know, taking your pain away kind of cult. But I, I I can't remember the numbers. I'm pretty sure it's six though. Star Trek six, the undiscovered country sounds right to yeah. me. So, but yeah, but like that's definitely a must watch for me. It was like, uh, for me it was uh, one, and then six, and then Generations. Have you seen Star Trek Generations, the movie Star no. Trek Generations? Yeah. So that's where, that's where some different crews kind of mix, and it's a really yeah. cool like it's it kind of really cool passing of the torch as far as the movies go. They is already that, did that, it. They already yeah. did it with the shows. Yeah. But but I think as they were making Star Trek: Next Generation, they were making the Kirk and Spock movies. Oh, they do like a little pass the baton. And then they do that. Nice. Yeah, I've heard of and, that. And so yeah, Generations is great. And then there was uh, some of the Next Generation movies were they, they kind of like started to slump. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those. In quality, <laughs> but but yeah, but Generations is great too. But uh, yeah, man. Thanks. I mean, and, I, I, what a franchise! Yeah, what were you gonna say? What, what a, you know, I really underestimated Star Trek for for too long. You know, and it was like as soon as I saw the first couple episodes, I was like, "What have I been thinking?" Like, here's all the here's all the philosophical debates I've been looking for. You know, here's yeah. all the, you know, all the, um, you know, all these little arguments. Not in the sense of a quarrel, but an argument, as in like you know, presenting an argument. You know, and and showing of arguments of different sides and different, it was just really presented some interesting conversation and things mm-hmm. to think about, you know, especially, I guess in the original series, it was, that was, that was, the, that was a little bit of the draw, right? It's like, what have you thought of things a little differently, you know, kind right. of like in the way Twilight Zone was, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, Hey, what have you thought of things just a little bit differently? Yeah. You know? And, you know, what have you, what have you break that mold for like an hour? Yeah. And, and that's what I really appreciate about Star Trek is that they really, oh, we're going to break your mold for an hour. You can go back to your real life. It's all good. You know, but we're going to break the mold for an hour. You know, you know, if if a machine, you know, can feel and can, you know, and can basically, you know, if you if the if the only thing that separates a, a, a human and a machine is just the fact is just his composition, but everything else is the same. Does he? Does that mean he doesn't have the same, you know, rights as a living, as a person, you right. know, and it makes you question these things. I'm like, oh, 
if I can't, if the only way I can tell this person is a machine is just by its, you know, by its composition, you know, and, and, if, and if it fools you, you know, for the first half of it, then, you know, it's like, it makes you, it makes you wonder these things, you know, and. Um, yeah. And, and, and the beauty, I, even with the first, even with the first series, the, the Kirk series, um, they're from an earth that's so far advanced they're presenting the audience a future where everything, everything, you know, all our biases and prejudices and, you know, uh, and differences, yeah. those have been, you know, washed that's, away. That's archaic. That's, <laughs> archa that's, arca that's archaic. And what they deal with is they go to planets that are archaic and have societies like we have now. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're doing it all wrong, which is really, a, which is really like showing us a mirror, like we're doing it all wrong. You know, the first, yeah. the, the first interracial kiss was on Star Trek. First interracial kiss. Um, Polemic. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but, but they're presenting, they're presenting all these planets, you know, like, you know, the Klingon planet, the, 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 the Klingons as this yeah. archaic, you know, violent, military industrial complex well isn't that russia and america and north korea and china yeah. right now and that's how they're and they're showing that like these these folks just you know want to conquer everything well isn't that like a whole number of countries on planet earth right right now hmm. you know the, the 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 federation uh the starfleet federation is is, is the only I think military yeah. service, and really, it's just to explore. It's like, I, well, I yeah, don't know. Exactly. I, I don't know what the military is like on Earth. I think uh, some of the reboot movies now with uh, yeah. Chris Chris Pine. I think they show a little bit of what the security forces are on planet Earth. Yeah, I haven't seen any of, any of those or the J.J. Abrams one. The J.J. Abrams are definitely There's worth the a Kelvin watch too. Timeline. I really want to check out the Kelvin timeline. Uh, yeah, yeah. But so. Uh, since, since since you touched on the subject, you were you were in the military, right, for oh, a while, I'm, or are you still on? I'm, well, I'm, cur I'm currently in the DC National Guard. Yeah, awesome. so that's so that's like one week in a month, two weeks in the summer. It's your your you know traditional guard service. Yeah. So yeah, neat. So but, how, how did you were you did that start first before production for you, or did you did no you no so first and then so I graduated I graduated with a bachelor's in film and TV in '04. Yeah, but then I enlisted in 2011 because I I enlisted at 31 into the National yeah. Guard, so I had to go to basic training and MP school with all these obnoxious kids. But uh, you know, it was it was a it was a great experience, and yeah. it it was just something it was it was like something extra to do. I wanted to you know travel. I wanted I wanted to serve, and and I wanted to like you know have that under my belt as something that I did for something more than just myself. Huh. or a brand you know or a company you know i want to do it you know yeah but um yeah it, it was it was it's been worth it for the most part i mean i i definitely would say that there are some con conflicts i'm having right now and uh you know looking to see what else there is to do mm -hmm. <laughs> but um i mean there's been some trying times and 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 i'd say these the past year so far has been a little bit, you know, blurred. A little bumpy. A little bumpy, yeah, <laughs> to, to say the least, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like, it definitely opens my eyes to seeing what 
the Star Treks and the Star Wars, what their philosophies, what their ideals behind the sci-fi, they're, what they're trying to present. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's enlightening to have kind of a real world take on that. And then seeing what, you know, these mm. ideal, the, what, what these idealists are trying to present as a, as, as a possible alternative. It's like you know, it makes sense, and I and, and and I like it. I'm just looking, but as far as as far as that right now, I'm just looking for a big change in November. Yeah, <laughs> I feel you. <ya. laughs> since since I still currently serve, and even though you know, even though some people have said some pretty shitty things about the military just recently, mm. since I still serve, I'm very careful about what I say publicly. As you should, but. Um, <laughs> What what I can say is I'm definitely excited about a about a about a big change in November. It's just yeah. So it's because I think um, a lot of people have been losing sight of what's important, and they've been selfish, and a lot of times they just speak out of their ass, and they don't know what the hell they're talking about. It's true. And they're just disrespectful. I think it's just like, you know, there's, there's a lot of disrespect on all accounts. I feel like, you know, there's a lot of, uh, I feel like there's a lot of people that don't, this is a personal feeling, right? And anyone can disagree, but I feel like there's a lot of people that aren't in control of their own emotions and they have to, they have, they, it feels like they have the need to, you know, um, Sorry, this this is one of those moments where like Spanish is making more sense to me than English. <laughs> uh, but it's um feels like a lot of people aren't in, necessarily in control of their emotions and you know and they have to it's almost feels like they have to put something they have to um unleash it and verbally oh and, and now they have this big like, stage and now they have yeah, this big podium and, and more people are listening to them now. Just because you have ignorance or emotional insecurities, you know, or mental instability, you know, it, you know, it doesn't validate, you know, your aggression, mm -hmm. you know, and just because you feel offended, it doesn't mean you're right. Right. So there is a whole sort of things going on where it's just like, I feel like me personally, I've taken a stance a few months ago where it's just like, well, I'm doing that thing. What I usually do every three or four years where like, you know, media blackout. I don't, I don't want to read the news. Yeah. You know, I don't want to really pay attention to social media. You know, I'm like, it's just, uh, for me, it's a lot of negative energy. You know? like, well, I know what my political tendencies are. Um, you know, I, I know I, I understand my feelings and my views within, within a few subjects. Right now it's a pandemic. Well, you know, I am taking care of myself and my neighbors as much as I can and as responsibly as I can, you know, and unless no groundbreaking news that says, oh, from now on, everyone has to do this regulation, you know, until that comes, well, we all kind of know what we should be doing in theory, right? Allegedly, it's like, okay, go ahead, say safe distant, right? Six feet, six feet apart, you know, uh, whatever, wear a mask, you know, uh, if you're sick, stay home and just be, don't be a dick. <laughs> yeah. you know? and, I mean, listen, I've had, I, I've had a number of guests on here. I already say like, just don't be a dick. Yeah. It's not that hard. <laughs> you could be a Republican or a Democrat and just don't be a dick about it. 
exactly you know it's just like respect your neighbor that that that, that that's all it is man you know? yeah you know we all do it for a little bit and that's that i mean we sacrifice we uh we do so much we take so many more measures for so many things that are such less rewarding you know that it when you put it in the scale versus this i'm like what what's so hard about wearing a mask when you go to the supermarket and back to that too mm-hmm. you know it's like what why what does what do what do these things that take maybe like five minutes out of your life my freedoms you know exactly yeah, for but what what are compared these things to what? compared to like you know dude how how hard well, think about all the other sacrifices you know that don't feel like sacrifices to you that you yeah. do in your own life all the time you know well i mean is is wearing is wearing clothes you're you're you're, you're not allowed to walk and walk around in public but booty ass naked but is that is is am i depriving you of your freedoms of doing that you're not allowed to walk around but booty ass naked you should you, uh, nine out of ten restaurants is shoes and shirt no shoes, no shirt, no service. Oh, that's a violation. No, it's not, man. It's like no one's saying that right it, now. <laughs> no one's saying that. But this mask is, and, and I just had the conversation with my previous guest. The mask is like just like another sock that you have to wear. You got to wear socks and exactly. then shoes. And wear a sock. You got to wear an undershirt and then a shirt. Wear this. Yeah. Wear the mask. You going to wear a hat and sunglasses? Wear a mask. Yeah, it's not it's that shame, hard. And it's, it's a shame that's become so politically. The mask has become a political symbol, you know, and that is that is the part that is, you know, the mask is supposed to keep us safe. It's not supposed to be a political symbol. You know, it's, you know, so many of these things, you know, where it's of these precautions and things that have to do with this, with the pandemic, you know, has become political. You know, if you believe in the pandemic, you're one political tendency. And if you don't believe in this pandemic, you're a different political tendency right but if you're in this political tendency you're not really allowed to do what these guys do right it right. seems like you know it's like oh you're you're so hardcore republican and you uh you love your freedoms and what are you doing wearing that mask listen you know, i think I, <laughs> I, well i think the problem with a lot of people that are doing that is they got nothing else better to do they got nothing <sighs> going on true. you know it's you've got true. you've got a you've got a business you've got non-stop you know albums music videos and films to work on i've got i had an i i knocked out a whole bunch yeah. of projects during this quarantine yeah, and you got you got your own you got uh you got dead on pictures you know and you got your own projects i i, I got this podcast i got a number of things going on i got a i got a six-month-old kid i'm married a lot of these folks it's just like oh maybe if i just be a douchebag and make a big deal out of wearing a mask maybe i'll get some attention because i have absolutely no other skills i've got no other life i've got no friends and it's just they're just they're just sad sacks that got nothing else going on in life so i'm gonna make a big stink about a mask well okay well since you have no other life and you don't wear a mask you might get sick and die and now what i mean it's now what (laughs) exactly and now and now and now you're now you know now you're sick now you can't see your loved ones and now loved ones can't come see you you know, oh. and then you cry about it. And now know? it's going to be another, now it's going to be another sob story because you got it. But a lot of these folks, they're wearing the mask. They, but they just found this, they, they found this little thing to like make a big deal out of and get cameras on them or get, get social media, you know, have a yeah. social media, have a get social their- media platform that's finally getting likes because nobody liked their stupid photos of their, of a flower in their backyard. And so now they've, now they're getting the hits on something 
they're just a, they're, they're just attention getters on 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 something that finally they're able to get attention on but it's stupid it's just dumb yeah, it really is <laughs> well move well move, moving on yeah, moving on that. moving on from these these what's next on the agenda for for uh celeste audio for nico Stab for uh oh, man what's next uh let me see let me open my client folder real quick <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, man i like the sound of that yeah <laughs> right no, so let's see. Um, right now, what's currently in the in the in, in my lap? What's is, currently uh, in the mix? Pun intended. Yeah. Aha! <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> so there's a, there's a few things going on right now. Uh, I'm I'm I like to always have I always like to plant many seeds and and nourish the things that end up growing. You yep. know um i tend to all of them but it's all of a sudden like oh this one's sprouting cool let's keep watering that one you know it took a wild chance hey guess i guess these seeds don't grow in this weather you know but these do cool you know so there's a few things um one is the music side of things that i was telling you about all right so i'm mixing mixing songs at the moment you know mixing singles and everything it's been a good one uh the one thing i'm doing right now is i'm developing uh, not scripting, but developing, you know, uh, a course for, um, I kind of want, I'm trying to do like an, uh, a post-production course for people that want to do post-production in logic, which is very unusual, uh, since people mainly do post-production in pro tools, right? If you're not, if you're anti pro tools, you'll probably go with Cubase or new or something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've had, I've done, I have so much experience Yes, I have a reasonable experience in Pro Tools, but I have a lot of experience using Logic for what it wasn't necessarily ultimately designed for, which is post-production, you know, and, and I've designed some post-production workflows where, to the point where I'm like, I'm so much more, I'm so much faster in Logic than in Pro Tools now, right? And I mm-hmm. feel like there's a few workarounds and quick ways to, to do things that I feel like it makes a lot of sense. And I feel like there's also, well, a lot of people have Logic but not enough people have Pro Tools in the sense that a lot of people that want to do the jump into post-production, they think of like, oh, but now I have to have Pro Tools and that's an expensive system and their plugins suck. So I need to get all these other plugins and I got to do all this. So ne- next thing you know, they're like, you know, they're going to be $2,000 deep into something they don't even know how to use. You know? right. And my goal is to basically make a course where like, hey, you know, this is, this is like an introduction to post-production if you already have, you know, if you already basically know the basics of sound engineering, right? So like, okay, you're, you're, you have experience doing logic and working on music. You want to get into film stuff? Cool. Here's a four-day course, basically. You know, just like, okay, cool. This is, this is what post-production flow looks like in logic, you know? And this, they can work around all these things. And so I'm just kind of developing a course for that at the moment. Um, and so that's, that's thing number two. Thing number three is, you might find this interesting. So this guy that actually somehow matches my rug very well and uh-huh. it just co- complete, completely by accident. <laughs> um, so this guy is actually, um, it's a bed. You know, that's what I use as a couch, but this, this bed here has, it's, a, it's like a sound induced massage bed. So it has what are called tactile transducers underneath it. It's got two of them. So if you don't know what a tactile transducer is, essentially it's kind of like um, 
imagine when you have a subwoofer or a speaker, right? You have a cone and it has a magnet, mm-hmm. right? And the magnet, you know, with the, with the electric, the, the electromagnetic, electromagnetic pulses, you know, shoot through the cone and that projects the sound, right? So imagine that the, the tactile transducers are just those magnets and the bed itself is the cone. So okay. it's like having two subwoofers underneath you. So it's basically it just works through vibrations. It has a crossover at about 120 hertz, you know? So all it is is vibrations. And it's configured in a stereo setting, right? So it's like you have one on that side, the other one on that side. So through that, I'm able to design a bunch of experiences that are sound induced. And with, it also has a headphone input in the back, has Bluetooth capability. So I'm doing, I'm designing experiences. I'm, I'm designing immersive sound only experiences mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where, you know, so for Which, example, and, one and, of, and so yeah. the bed creates like a physical yes. thing. It, add, it adds a fourth right. dimension to it, right? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it adds, uh, or it adds another sense to it, right? It uh-huh. adds the tact into it. Yeah. Touch. yeah. You know, and so, you know, I've, des- I've been designing experiences where like, okay, the first experience is you're laying on a, on a beach and the, and, the, and the tide is coming in and it's coming out, you know, and it's coming, comes back in and it comes back out, you know, and you feel, you hear the waves crashing, you hear the tide coming in and out, you know, and you feel these vibrations just go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I have control, relative control over where I want these vibrations to be in the up and down spectrum. Mm -hmm. The same way you would have them on a left and right spectrum. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been it's been fun designing experiences for that. Hell yeah! Along with that, came along with other. It's like, hey, like these things. I'm now I'm sound. Now I'm experimenting with tones, you know, and things like oscillations. I'm finding, you know, I'm doing basically the guy that made this bed is a neighbor, you know, and he's a carpenter. And he's like, I made this stuff, but you're the sound guy. You know, I'm a carpenter. (laughs) And he's like, you know, I really want you to play with it. Tell me what's, tell me what's good. Tell me what's bad. Tell me what's, you know, do some R and D for me basically. And I'll give you the bed, you know? And I'm like, that sounds good to me. And so making some R and D and finding some, uh, some, some good uses. I, I made some pointers about it. You know, I think it, in the current state, it probably could use a little better shielding. It could probably use a, you know, a good plus four input instead of a minus 10 input, you know, and things like that. But on the other side, it's like, oh, so this is a really, really, inter- it's, a, it's a novelty to me, right? And mm-hmm. it's something that I really love diving into, you know, finding, okay, like how sound can be uh, an experience, like, like immersive experience, but it can also be therapeutic. Yeah. I've been some of the some of the designs that I've made so far on for this. You know, I've made three or four of them are long format on the twenty minute, thirty minute range. Oh, nice! I, I call that long. You know, yeah. uh, a lot of people might call that short, right? Because they're sometimes they're expecting about an hour or something. But I feel with the twenty minute, the waves one, for example, I've done. You know, I've had a few different people coming in and trying it, um, and all of them have said something along the lines when it's done and they get out it's like i feel very relaxed i feel lighter i one of the people that tried it uh uh, an old friend of mine who's very introverted you know and and he uh, um he he came out saying like this is i 
for the first time in a long, I don't know what it is about this bed or what it is about the experience or what it is, you know, but I feel for the first time in a long time, I feel comfortable under my own skin. Mm-hmm. You know, there's something, you know, that there's a way I feel now that I didn't feel before. Yeah. You know, and just seeing the therapeutic potential behind it on one hand is to me, that's soul nourishing, you know, the, the, the part then therapeutic. Awesome. Love it. Great. You know, we can get therapeutic. We can get new agey, you know, you can go the route of having them guided meditations, you know, and you can have all that stuff too, if you wanted, you know, but then also just the immersive experience of it, you know, cause then I just started designing things are like, Oh, cool. Like I want to be able to design things that when you close your eyes and you have the audio and the vibrations going on this alone, where you can paint your own picture. You know, if, if a picture can be worth a thousand words, then a sound can be worth a thousand pictures. Actually, I should use that. (laughs) 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 You know, but that's how I feel sometimes with this, with this, with this little apparatus here. Hell yeah, man. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fan- I'll have to try it. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, def- definitely, uh, you know, definitely big marketing, different, different major, major business uh, enterprise going on. And I think since your carpenter's right in the same building, and there's not, you're not going to be violating any COVID compliance right there. So, exactly. Uh, and I see a lot of potential for like an because it's the the concept is simple. It's a tactile transducer under a surface. It's a mm-hmm. it's a vibrating machine under a surface. Mm-hmm. that's the really the bare bones thing of it you know how you manipulate it and how you work them together right the right vibrating apparatus with the right surface with the right sounds you know can work a certain way and i but the concept can be applied to a floor yeah you know you can have as many transducers as you want you can have 25 feet by 25 feet of it you know and you can have everyone reacting differently you know with the right software you can have cool cool every it can be your own experience you can make you can make a full you can make a vibrating twister game if you wanted you know where every color can be you know a different vibration you know and whatever the the possibilities of it with the technology at least of you know tactile transducers is it kind of opens a whole new gap in in immersive media and immersive content oh yeah you know which i which that's i guess that's also what is next for me is bridging that gap uh, with immersive media and immersive content, I would really like to get into into more of that format. You know, um, augmented reality, uh, you know, virtual reality, uh, all the I don't know any other any any things that take a, take you take into more like a more an immersive experience. That is something I would really want to get into somehow. You know. Uh, so one pro one one project we were talking about a while ago was having you know how there's like certain projection domes, mm-hmm. you know, and having a floor that is all, you know, vibrating in certain parts, right? So that ends up adding the other dimension of whatever you're, you're experiencing there, yeah. uh, you know. Or if you can have, you know, a musical event where you have let's I don't know just inventing something right now like, like imagine like a curtain band, you know. You know, with harmoniums, you know, and drones, or it can, it's great. It can be electronic music, you know, 
but you have a bunch of these surfaces or it can be beds, you know, or it can be platforms or it can be whatever it is, but then that much to accentuate that experience. I feel like there's something to be said there. Um, I feel like this is something like every club could benefit even having it on their floor. You know, you reduce, you reduce, uh, you can reduce sound pressure levels just by having it, you know, cause it's basically a subwoofer, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so if you, yeah, I feel like it could be beneficial on a lot of sides. I feel like with, with, with proper experimenting, I feel like it can be, can be really, um, uh, nu- nutritious to, yeah. uh, to the, uh, the whole the all to all experiences well hey and even like you know instead of waterboarding the military could use it and just play dubstep and just get like all the information out they wanted and like within 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 hours instead of you know waterboarding <laughs> i don't know yeah <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> all, right, all right i'll talk i'll talk i'll talk i'll tell you everything talk. i know <laughs> no more dubstep <laughs> just no more no more translucent tactile dubstep please no more <laughs> Yeah. yeah, man. Uh, but no, but seriously, on a serious, on a serious note, with like the immersive media and, and like the immersive media content and experiences and just like even like the therapeutic aspects, I think it's just like that's that's definitely definitely something we need now. We need like this new yeah. and but but again, going back to like what the what the new normal is and, and how we've mm-hmm. you know adapted to this, like we've just discovered like new new technology new hybrid technologies of of you know what this normal is and what the new normal could be and what this whole hybrid thing and i've talked about this with previous guests is like this hybrid the sliding scale between what the new normal is going to be yeah and kind of like this hybrid you know with me with a lot of uh uh, live streaming these corporate events you know before the quarantine i was going to new orleans and montreal and, and philly and new york and going to these events and it was fun because i got to travel and i would film and live stream these conferences or these seminars and then it all went virtual so it was basically all the same people but on zoom and then about a week ago it was it was a hybrid there were people actually in nashville at the at the site and and they but then they would be there at a nice location introducing the keynote speakers or the presenters who yeah. were in Zoom and it was all like this hybrid on location slash virtual live streaming conference. And so that's what I'm finding what the new normal is going to bring us is that it's ideas like this. It's like definitely you there's like this physical thing that you have, this bed, this couch. Mm-hmm. But but and 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 the uh the the the, uh, the trans transducer yeah inside the bed but you can go on an app and all these experiences that you designed, someone can download and mm-hmm. you can. And so once the design is built and then that's manufactured, that's designed, patented, manufactured. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you as a creator still could virtually remotely telework and build these, build these, you know, experiences that someone could easily download on a computer, download mm-hmm. on an app, plug into the couch and they could just you know uh nico stobbs beach part two or something you know and it's all it's all like but it's all still kind of hybrid and that's what this technology is taking us to is just more more of this hybrid virtual non-virtual physical non because still yes here's 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 another example Uh, oh no go ahead no it's it's really interesting what you're saying i agree with you because right right now we 
when we're so far far apart from each other you know right that uh I guess now that restrictions are loosening and people are being more comfortable with being around each other and stuff, but there is also a little thing about like, how do we, how do we, you know, we're, we're human beings. We need to be close to each other. We go in packs, you know, we're that's ultimately, that's kind of like our, our instinct, right. Mm -hmm. Instinctual goes, it transcends, you know, it goes beyond, you know, uh, ideologies and thoughts and, you know, whatever it is, like we're humans, we're, you know, uh, instinctually we go in packs, you know, we, we have families, we have cliques, we have things, you know, and like, oh, now we can't do that. And we shouldn't be doing that, you know, and it's like, okay, like, how do we feel close to each other? You know, the same way Zoom just went, you know, like that, and everyone's yeah. using Zoom, and we're all trying to feel close to each other. Everyone's having Zoom parties, and everyone's, you know, drinking, and this and that, you know, and I, I don't know, we crave, we crave a human connection, right? you know? And or something that you know brings us to a little more of a, I don't know. It's almost like we were feeling we're starting to feel a little less human because we're so locked in all the time. Sure, and, and, so and I feel like a lot of technologies and a lot of resources are are coming up to and, counter these feelings. And there's still a number of opportunities I want to take to still meet up with you know my buddies, mm-hmm. but at the same time, the reason why I started this podcast is like seven different reasons. You know, take advantage take advantage of this downtime, take advantage mm-hmm. of this, of this virtual telework thing. I know, I know, yeah. I know there's a lot of other creatives and artists and, 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 you know, folks like you and me, I, I, I got a whole bunch of people, you know, lined up on the podcast. They want to reach out and they want to talk about their old stuff and what they're working on now and, yeah. and, and what their next agenda is. They want to talk about that. They want to connect with somebody. Here's a, you know, but, um, but also I want to still produce, I'm going to produce something um, and then it's me wanting to reach out. It's me wanting to connect. Um, mm-hmm. sh- but it's also, I know you want to promote your stuff, but I know I want to promote my stuff too. So it's like a co-habitated of promotion, of connecting, of talking, of sharing, still mm-hmm. being creative, um, not being bored. I mean, shit, what else were you, I, I mean, I mean, I know you, uh, you, you, you have been productive, but there's a lot of other folks that, yeah have not been as productive as we are. And I just tell them like, what else you got going on? So, you know, come on the show and, yeah. sh- and share your old stuff, share your new stuff. But like during June, during July, during August, what do you got going on? You know, come on the show and, and you know, talk for an hour or two, you know, anywhere between an hour and two hours. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. It's like, we do want to connect, but there's, you know, as we start to progress, there's going to be this, this hybrid Yes. And uh, I mean, it's like, like I said, there's going to be this sliding scale. And I think the new normal is just going to be anywhere from like fully virtual mm-hmm. to full to, to fully in person on location. But there's always sure. going to be this. There's always going to be now with everything that we developed There's always going to now we have like this sliding scale of how to like, yeah, bridge. Exactly. You know, and I guess it, it makes sense, right? Because now we're like, okay, we spend so much time in front of computers and not around people that social media becomes important, right? It's how we feel close. It's how we feel connected with people, you know, and then you have, you know, these, these meetings, you know, on Zoom, Skype, or whatever it is, okay, other ways of feeling connected with people, take it another step, you know, video games, start calling your friends, you know, everyone's getting on 
people have been playing video games online with each other for years for decades exactly yeah exactly you know and now more so than ever you know it's just like cool now people are feeling connected there because well they can either play together or they can also play and have a conversation at the same time you know and do it all on online you know and so and then there's you know another another cutting edge thing i have a friend of mine who's um great engineer who was a teacher of mine like 13 years ago or 12 years ago and now he's got a company called mosh pit uh and what they are doing is they're doing immersive experiences for shows or that's one of the things they're doing i think you know for like concerts right so where you can go see a concert online and you're an audience member but you're like first person audience member or third person audience member Mm -hmm. right and you can interact interact with other concert goers who are at the same concert who have their own little avatars there. Mm-hmm. So now you can go see a show that is live, live performance there that is either, um, yeah, that's happening, right? And then you can also interact with a crowd, you know, that you can know them or you can not know them, or maybe it's an AI. you know so that's also that's also what they're implementing too they're implementing ais that behave as or as closely as people would hey listen you know like i've been playing vr games you know with a couple of buddies of mine yeah and and they're all they're online and and uh my buddy built like this two-person huge vr you know uh stadium in his basement and so you got the you got the goggles and you got the little controllers. Yeah. And before the quarantine, I would go over his house like once a week and do like VR games for like hours upon hours. But the, but even then, the games were online. You could play with other folks in these VR games online. Mm-hmm. And then there's like, but like you were talking about, like an immersive experience. And like I was saying, like this hybrid experience, there's there's gadgets you can get. So if you're going to play these first person shoot 'em up games, you start off with these basic controllers, but then you could buy like gear, yeah. like almost like this skeletal looking. It looks like a machine gun or it looks like a pistol that you put the controller in. And physically, uh, if physically, it feels like a pistol. But then in the VR with the yeah. goggles, you got the VR pistol and you're doing all this stuff or you yeah. can have a sword. You can actually have a physical sword. But when you put on the goggles, and you, and you kind of like slide the controller into the sword and it's like a foam plastic, you know, light, harmless, yeah. harmless toy sword. But in the, in the game, it's the sword that you're like slicing up orcs, orcs, orcs and, 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 and vampires or whatever with, you know, and, that, that sounds awesome. And so there's that hybrid experience is so still, it's immersive because there's this physical thing you're holding on yeah. that does adapt to the goggles and to the senses that you have in the room to then build that into the VR experience and like with yeah. the cons and, and again with, you know the concerts there was a there was a game we were playing um where we were just watching movies in this vr room with with folks you know all over the u.s and we were sitting in there and you got a little headset and you got a little mic but we're watching movies and we're and we're just joking around watching these movies and it's, it's a fun experience you know it's just it's great <laughs> and so there's you're all watching, these you're watching a screen you're watching yourself on the screen watching a screen it's <laughs> well no we're no 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 like we were watching an avengers movie gotcha. in a in a virtual in a VR, theater exactly yeah but then but then i looked to the right my buddy in california and i looked to the left my buddy in virginia and and but we're all watching the same movie 
What do you what do you use for VR? Are you using the Oculus? Or? That was that was Oculus. Yeah, Oculus? my what buddy you, had my so that's in my buddy's yeah. basement. And I haven't been to his house, you know, in like six eight months, you know. So yeah. So I'm I'm thinking of maybe like getting Google Google Cardboard or something so I can you know watch a movie with him in the VR room and whatever. But, yeah. But yeah, man. I mean, like, there's definitely gonna be this ultra ultra hybrid immersed VR AR altered reality you know amazon had altered Definitely. reality on the amazon app if you wanted yeah. to shop for something you could take your camera on your phone and you could you know film your kitchen and then they would do altered altered reality and put appliances yeah. right in your kitchen wow. how does that yeah. look you want to buy it you got oh. a you got ar you got vr you've got you know you know zoom you've got streaming <laughs> it's and, and then there's just that whole hybrid it's yeah, it's here to stay. You know, yeah. it's not like it's unlike, you know, late 80s, early 90s when, you know, via virtual reality and 3D. No tried pad to make and pencil. It, make something know. happen, you know, and it's like it didn't really work. You know, just our technical, our technical capabilities and technological capabilities just weren't there. But then again, know? that's where the failures come in. Exactly. You fail and you try again and then you and fail. And it's stronger, you know, because then now we realize like, okay, if we want VR to succeed and not be what had happened earlier, it needs to be accessible and economically accessible, physically accessible, reasonably, uh, sorry, um, and it's got to be economical. You know, it, it, yeah, we said that economically accessible, physically oh, yeah. accessible, right? And yeah. then, um, and it has to be simple. You know? compact and compact it, lightweight compact, simple exactly lightweight Fast. you know it can't be full of cables right i mean and it's yep. it can't be like we had like three freaking cables hanging from you and you, if you walk like two feet in one way it's like you, you just yanked it great yep. you, just, you just broke like you know two thousand dollars worth of gear mm -hmm. you know, it should be like you know so i and i guess that's i feel like that's the battle right now it's like okay who can who can give you the most the, who can give you the most experience while making it the most efficient, efficiently possible, you know, for your wallet, you know, and for the experience itself, right? Yeah. So whoever can achieve essentially, like, you know, I feel like whoever can achieve the virtual reality experience without without a headset, that's the guy that's gonna win, you know? <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna be the DVD versus Betamax, you mm -hmm. know. Eventually, yeah. you know, there's gonna be one guy that's gonna be like, hey, we we figured it out. Yeah. We figured it out, and it's and, and here and, it is. Like even if you can have, if you can have virtual reality with the concept of Google Glass, yep, you figured it out. Yeah, <laughs> just just some just some lightweight sunglasses, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi. I mean, exactly. listen, the white bro the Wright brothers crashed over and over and over, over and over again. Yes, I think one of them like broke broke his back and he had to be in traction or something. I don't know. I don't know the definitive history of the Wright brothers, but I know they, what I do know for a fact is they crashed and they crashed and they crashed mm -hmm. and then they flew. And yep. that's what VR, that's what 3d has been. That's what VR has been. That's what computer, yeah. that's what computers. And that, were. that was the point. That was the design that killed all other designs. Smartphones. That's what smartphones were. I mean, yeah. wasn't it like four years ago, the droids were blowing up like yeah. physically like catching on fire and blowing up. Yeah, I think it was like the galaxies or the galaxies like or the yeah, something like that. The galaxies were popping. Yeah. Catching on fire. And they made a mistake, pulled them back, recalled, refunds, lawsuits, paid uh, settle settlements. Mm -hmm. Shot out another one. We learned from that mistakes. These things happen and and like apparently the galaxies are like 
nothing's going to be the iPhone, but I think galaxies are second now, if not mm. something else. But is constant competition. I'm iPhones clearly going, always going to be tops, but 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 the iPhone's learning from Galaxy's mistakes, and Oculus is yeah. learning from um, what was that? What was the other company? But anyway, yeah, everyone's kind of picking up from other people's mistakes, exactly, and improving and everything. You know, yep. and, and and that's and that's been a thing. That's been a big thing for me as far as filmmaking, as far as life, as far as parenting, yes. as far as I, just life in general. Don't only learn from your mistakes. Learn from others too. Yes. Well, well, Glenn, why don't you do this? Because Joe Bob did it. I'm not doing that. Joe yeah. Bob always did that thing. You remember he kept getting screwed over. I'm always gonna order an Uber if I'm drinking. Yeah. Always gonna order an Uber. Always. <laughs> but you, but. But you never got a DUI. I know. I know. Because I always why. order an Uber. Because order. Joan would never order an Uber. He didn't want to leave his car at the place. So he drove and he got a DUI. Yeah. Because Joe Bob didn't want to freaking, because Joe Bob's too cheap. I'd rather. He didn't want to pay $15 for overnight parking. So now he's got to pay 10000 Got to go back and get your car the next morning. Well, I always ordered an Uber from and then back to and yeah. back. You know, exactly. and it's like you learn from other people's mistakes. Sure. Yeah. But well, well, going going off of that, what what would be, uh, you know, a last last bit of advice, you know, last point or two for the viewers? Oh, man. You know. I would say. Advice. OK, I would say place your own. Place your happiness and your well-being in front of money. And, you know, yeah. if, if you're, I feel like when you're happy with who you are and with what you do, in a grand, in a grand thing, right? In a broad sense, right? Not what you do with your life, but you know, with what you do, you know, with like, well, what you do with your life, <laughs> with, a, with a, like, you know, like, okay, if you're comfortable with, who, if you, if you, if you, if you like who you are, and if you like what you do, you know, and what you represent to yourself, you'll be the richest man in the world. Mm -hmm. You know, and money, you won't need money to to feel rich. You know, I always, I used, to, I used to teach for a while and I would tell my students, you know, it's like, you know, listen, you're, you're just trying to get into entertainment, you know, sound to be more specific, you know, chances are like, I mean, I'll, I'll, I can't tell you what's going to happen in your life, you know, but I'll tell you from my own is that I may not make a lot of money, but I'm the richest man in the world. Because I get to wake up, I get to do what I love, I get to be with a person that I love, you know, I get to be in projects that I get to choose, you know, and I chose this life, you know, and well, I guess on one side, I was blessed to have that choice, right? Uh, but, you know, if I, I feel like because because I get to do what I love and because I chose to do it and actively pursued it. Yes, times can be tough, you know, but I'm the richest man in the world. I, so 
it's always good to like don't not to not get caught up in the the money game yeah don't get caught up you know in the social pressure game don't get caught up you know in social medias and watch out what pick your battles and watch the things you get caught up on you know yeah. and think what 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 of these things make to our to my personal happiness and and i feel like that's such a big part i don't know to me it feels like such a big part of the game in a way you know i don't know if that's that's really the kind of <laughs> advice you're hoping to get no but... no, exactly. no it's it, that's yeah. no it's fantastic and uh i you know i'll agree with you and i'll admit i've said do what you love that's i've probably said that in every other episode of this podcast yeah. it's, that's been like my kind of closing advice too is that yeah. Uh, and you mentioned you know don't get sucked into like the the social media game and 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 i've had i've had you know, digital peer pressure at the end yeah know? yeah <laughs> and i've had you know i've had i've had colleagues say like listen these projects ain't getting the hits and i'm like they're they're getting hits though and we need to do we need to do a better job of promoting but i i like doing this you know, I'm not going to do a podcast about finance. I could give two shits about po- finance. I'm not going to do a podcast about, you know, Game of Thrones because I don't watch this freaking show. But if yeah. I do a podcast with fellow filmmakers on a general mm-hmm. thing, each episode might touch upon, you know, Marvel movies, DC movies, sound editing, uh, yeah. acting, directing, um, my touch upon politics. We talked a little bit about politics and military service mm-hmm. it, it, within, you know, an episode, you know, but generally I'm just, I'm jumping on, I'm jump. basically I'm just broadcasting me, jumping on Zoom, talking to a, a fellow filmmaker, fellow artist, yeah. fellow entrepreneur, fellow actor, and just shooting the shit, yeah. you know, how this, how this past six months kind of sucked. If the, if it, I mean, eventually, or, or how this past six months have been great, but yeah. You know, as far as the podcast goes, if, if, if the, po- the podcast is going to pick up, I know it. But the thing is, like, oh, the hits. Okay, let's just quit after five eps then. Yeah, no, you know, like exactly. He, that, it's, it's, it's like working out, you know. It, your body will get better. Great. It will get better every day, but you have to do it every day. Yep. You know, yep. <laughs> it's, it's, yep. it's the same way, you know, the, the body works very much the same as the mind, you know, and if you want results, you got to be diligent. You got to be uh, perseverant. Um, and uh, what's this other word I'm looking for? Persistent. Um, persistent. Yeah, I guess so. Persistent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but disciplined. It's disciplined. Disciplined. Yeah. yeah. You know, and because listen, hard work. Hard work is going to beat talent every single yeah. time. Every time. You're not going to get time. your bachelor's degree in in a week. You gotta. You gotta. What's the program? Four years. It took me five and a half. Separates the one-hit wonders from from the actual, you know, successful. Yeah, you know, right. Oh, cool! It's like you you've actually prepared for this. You mm-hmm. you like this so much that you've actually taken appropriate measures to protect the thing that you love doing. You right. Know? You know, like uh, like intermittent. Like me and the wife were doing intermittent fast, and we were working out this entire Sweet. quarantine. And she yeah. goes, "I'm seeing some results, but." But man, and I'm like, okay, so, so we've been doing this for how long? A month. All right. And you saw some results. Yep. All right. Uh, 
So multiply it by two and you're gonna see more results. Multiply by two, so in two months, I'll see some results, yes. In two months, oh, well, I'm seeing some results. Multiply it by two. Four months and the next thing you know, a year goes by, shredded, jacked, ripped, never yeah. healthier. That's right. what it takes. Yeah, but and then you go back, like, not, where were you two months ago? Where were you four it, months ago? Where were it, you eight months ago? But if you put that discipline, it might not even be a year. In a month, jacked yeah. and shredded. But you got to put in that discipline. You got to trick the mind and trick. You got to trick the mind. The mind will trick the body, but you have to trick the mind and you have to put, you got to like do this crazy kind of mental calculation. Okay. We've been doing this for a month, lost a pound, starting, starting to see some, some muscle growth, multiply it by two, two months later, lost a couple pounds, starting to see more muscle growth. Okay. Mm -hmm. Multiply it by two, four months later, jacked and shredded out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because like three, four months is like what it takes to see the actual results a lot of times, you know. Who knows who cares? Find who, cares? who find find go find that mental trick, that mental, that mental yeah. math. Find like, that switch. That switch. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a mantra for a lot of people. It's like they resort to like a mantra, you know. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, cool. The mon this this mantra that's gonna keep me keep me pushing forward, you know. And but I guess that's also a thing, right? Because the mental uh, mental instability, you know, and I don't mean it as a, as a negative thing, although it, you know, can have negative impacts, but mental instability has been kind of like a common thread, you know, since this quarantine started, Absolutely. you know, I mean, it's been, it's been way since before that. Right. But now since all this is happening, it's like, Oh, cool. Like now we have 350 million people getting cabin fever, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. and, and, you know, I'm not going to downplay, you know, a lot of this, yeah. a, a lot of the social and civil stuff that we've been going through in this nation. I'm not downplaying it. I'm not saying that there isn't something to be seeking justice for. I'm not yeah. saying that, but mm -hmm. I think it's important for a lot of people to stop and think about just for a second, stop and think mm -hmm. about is that there's been so many other, there's been so many other elements creating a pressure cooker. Okay. Creating mm -hmm. a pressure cooker, cabin fever, quarantine, boredom, and then something happens that needs justice. Something, yes. I'm not saying we're, we don't need justice. We don't need, I'm not saying we don't need a change. Mm -hmm. We need, we do need drastic change. Now, and, and now's the time, so be it. There's a whole slew of elements. You know, we kept ignoring problems. We kept ignoring problems. We kept pushing things off. We kept uh, not accepting change. We kept not, we kept not accepting that there needs to be a lot of, uh, um, Oh, what, what, what was it? The, the, the police, something, the police, defund, defund the police. Defund the police. Mm. There should have been a lot of restructuring of so many departments, organizations, and things that were the cause of the problem. And everybody kept putting it off, taking their sweet ass time. And then quarantine, quarantine hit still a lot of problems. And it was a pressure cooker that just blew up. Yeah. And, and so for those that are blowing up, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, your agenda is wrong i'm saying slow down because there's a lot of elements that are pushing you it's a delicate situation it's a, it is a delicate situation you know and so i think it's important to sit back and look at what really is causing the pressure cooker and causing you know causing fires and causing you know riots yeah and but at the same time it's a lot of this should have been fucking solved 10 years ago five years ago 10 years ago five years ago 60 years ago who knows mm -hmm. depends like, depending on which issue you look at you know what issue you're looking at and yeah. how how passionate you are about the issue you know yeah.
but like you, but like you said, you know, just uh, you know, looking at looking at oneself and and uh, let's you know let's we'll take advantage. I mean, my 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 biggest point is taking advantage of the time that we have to to focus on the light and focus on the positive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, and you can still, you know, you can still have ideologies and you can still have thoughts, you know, or, or, you know, social, sociopolitical sides or whatever it is and love yourself and pay attention to yourself and be uh, relatively aware, you know, um, you know, and be more conscious to take, make conscious decisions, you know, and, and think, and think about our, give room to our feelings you know, it's, I think it's a, it's an important thing mentally, you know, because that's how we avoid getting wrapped up in either depression or just bad situations in social media. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? absolutely. Or, absolutely. Or so many other things too. Right. But it's, you know, when, when we pay a little bit of attention to ourselves, it's, well, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like eating, you know, we, we feed our bodies, you know, we also need to feed our minds. And I feel like it's important you know yeah well nico stab i can't thank you enough for coming on uh thank you man uh, celeste audio uh nico any last socials links plugs i know probably not social media you're you're cutting off social media uh, yeah i mean you can find me <laughs> on social media i'll be there i can't i can't guarantee you i'll accept a friend request <laughs> uh, mainly because i might not see it um but um yeah i mean my website is celeste-audio.com uh currently under because uh uh it was on verb the web hosting company and uh from one day to the next no notice shut down closed everyone's accounts it was a big thing online and everything mm. so right now my website is down and i'm figuring out what to do with it uh but you can find me on uh find my stuff on, on vimeo look for celeste audio c-e-l-e-s-t-e audio and uh yeah well, links in the description below to, to Nico's Nico's links and uh, and and sites and and his work. Uh, Nico, stop! Can't thank you enough. It was great talk. You know, great thank ideas. You, um, uh, I, again, I apologize about the uh, the time zone. Thanks so much for getting up at what eight in the morning? Like, who's yeah, getting, I got up around seven, anyways. So great, great, great. Someone's got to well, make coffee. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. Well, Nico, thanks again. Um, definitely had to collaborate with you at some point, some way, somehow. Exactly, It'll be a lot easier nowadays with this whole hybrid, hybrid new normal, man. For but, sure. Um, I look forward you, to uh, future conversations. Absolutely. Well, to my viewers, uh, I hope I've earned the privilege of your time and viewership. I know my guest has. And uh, until then, check it out.